I think Josh and I uh, like to dream big. It's how we started. No one knows for sure what's next uh, other than where progress is, is being made. When different people come together and work around one goal, that goal can be achieved faster. Hi, I'm Gina Mullane. And I'm Todd Poling. Welcome to Checking Vitals. It's our last vital science episode of 2022, and it's our first ever episode where Todd and I catch up together. Hey, Todd, you recently joined our vital science team. How are you finding things so far? Oh, hey, Gina. Yeah, I'm really excited to be joining the team. And uh, I've been a longtime listener of the podcast. I personally am a big believer in the power of storytelling. So to be able to be on this side of it behind the curtain and seeing this vantage point, you know, it, it really reminds me of how grateful we are to be in this industry and the amazing things that are being done in the world of drug discovery. And I think about some of the, the podcasts we've done this season, specifically in the neuroscience space, and uh, excited to reflect on those. I agree. And, and as I think about the last year and reflect on it a bit, it's kind of a nice opportunity to highlight some updates from some of our stories, some of our stories that may have um, hit home a little bit more. You're so right. And I think it's so important to realize that these interviews are just moments in time in their journey. And uh, I'm excited to talk about the progress that these uh, guests have made since they were on the show. I think we talked about three episodes specifically that we were going to recap. Yeah. So one in particular um, comes to mind. It's a company that we have been following for quite a while, Amelix Pharmaceuticals. And when we first met the co-CEOs, Joshua Cohen and Justin Klee, it was back in early 2020, before the pandemic, um, at their facility, face-to-face. -face. It, it was a fun episode. And then we caught up with, again with them in January, and they were starting to really outgrow that term startup. Uh, since we last spoke, um, you know, there's been a lot of developments at the company. Um, we've gone um, from, I think when we spoke, we were probably about a seven or eight person company. Um, we're now uh, just under 100 um, people. Um, so there's been uh, pretty rapid growth at the company. And also over that time, um, we've submitted for approval for the drug um, in Canada and in the um, United States. You know, I just love this story. It's straight out of a movie. And who knows, maybe one day it actually will be a movie. Josh and Justin, you know, they met as biomedical engineering majors at, at Brown University and came up with this concept for a groundbreaking ALS drug while actually still living in their dorm rooms. I'm trying to remember what I was doing in, in my undergraduate graduate years. It, it wasn't developing a drug, I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, right? No, no. And I was shocked when uh, they related that part of the story. I thought it was really incredible. And so together they founded the company in 2013, um, you know, less than 10 years ago. And they were able to raise $250 million to finance the development of drugs for ALS and other neurodegenerative diseases. I mean, that in and of itself is amazing. It is amazing. And I think the last time we heard from them, they were feeling really good about the results they saw in the clinical trials for their treatment, AMX 35. So uh, in very late uh, 2019, 
we announced uh, positive clinical trial results from our first major clinical trial in people with ALS, uh, the Centaur trial. And uh, about nine months later, uh, we published the uh, results in the New England Journal of Medicine. And uh, the trial, uh, for the first time, showed a benefit uh, on both the functional rating scale, so people retain their function longer. And then as we looked out over uh, long term, uh, people lived longer also. And in ALS, that's a huge deal. And in September, that drug, now called Relivriel, was approved for the treatment of ALS patients. The median survival time after diagnosis of ALS is just two to three years. And this treatment truly has the potential to slow the clock for 29,000 ALS patients just here in the U.S. You know, in, in our conversations, uh, specifically with our rare disease-focused guests, we hear this all-too-common theme, uh, unfortunately, of the many roadblocks these families face, you know, and, and there's, there's many roadblocks, uh, but specifically uh, in accessing affordable treatment. So I, I really respect the company's decision to price Relivrio uh, below the latest FDA-approved product available for uh, patients with ALS. And I know not only that, but uh, the company um, helps to support people with ALS and their families through the Amelix Care Team Support Program, which is pretty incredible. And so that any patient who has been prescribed Relivrio has this dedicated point of contact to help them overcome barriers that might come through, um, like getting access to insurance approval. And so the program even provides financial assistance options to eligible patients with out-of-pocket costs. So it, it brings accessibility to people that may not have had that before. Exactly. It, it's really amazing. And, and I'm going to put a pin in this. I have a feeling uh, but that this won't be the last time we feature Josh and Justin on Vital Science. Now that's if Hollywood doesn't get them first. <laughs> we have had some truly inspiring stories on Vital Science. Um, another one that really comes to mind um, is from the past season, from our conversation with Chris Clausen of First Person and Leo Wellness. My background into this whole journey of brain health really began um, with my brother and uh, our father and grandfather. So when we were younger, we saw our grandfather uh, succumb to Alzheimer's disease, and um, it was real, really painful for everybody involved. And he went through it, passed away from it. And then we didn't think much about it again until our father then started going through the same thing. And he had about a 10 year battle with Alzheimer's disease and passed away last year. And as that progressed, um, it's, it's really a, a complete uh, tragedy and eye opener, particularly if you've got two generations ahead of you suffering from it, you start to realize, hey, um, I'm next, right? This is this is coming right at me, and what can I do to change? So, um, my younger brother and I did a, a real deep dive, starting then in how how can we prevent this from happening to us? And at that time, there wasn't a lot of information out there. I'm always amazed by the grit of our guests who somehow raise funds and, and gather their team to make these drug discoveries. But the odds were stacked even higher uh, against Chris and his brother Joe because of this stigma 
that exists around psychedelics here in the U.S. You know, it's so true. Uh, that feels like a stigma that's been in place for over 50 years, you know, going all the way back to Nixon's war on drugs campaign. But I do think we're starting to see the tide turn a bit with Spravato, the ketamine-derived nasal spray that was derived for the treatment of depression back in 2019. It feels like progress and, and forward momentum on this subject. Yeah, there is a lot of progress being made. And, and there's also this uh, research being done in areas like PTSD and, and substance abuse. You know, I just recently was at the Society for Neuroscience uh, conference in San Diego and was able to uh, hear this panel uh, around the, the therapeutic value uh, for psychedelics um, and, and really the roadblocks that we're experiencing right now with the cultural stigma you know, when it, when we're talking about, uh, you know, microdosing, and, and so I think uh, it's really important to focus in on um, the pathways that we're seeing on the clinical side of things and, and how we navigate through these um, cultural dynamics and really focus on the therapeutic value and the long-term uh, value that we're hoping to see. So you don't have to have something wrong with you for this to be incorporated in your life. And I personally think that's the bigger part of what psychedelics can bring is just a betterment of your human condition um, on a daily basis, not necessarily always fixing something that's wrong with you, but it's just improving as you go. It's a tool to make yourself better. Yeah, and it is truly incredible that Chris followed his dream all the way to market. I know earlier this year, his company, First Person, uh, they launched a product line that harnesses the power of functional mushrooms and natural ingredients to improve cognition. Pretty incredible. Yeah, so when you look at the science behind this, it's not that far off from what we see with SSRIs. Uh, the goal is to support the body's natural production of, you know, uh, dopamine, oxytocin, or GABA neurotransmitters to help achieve the uh, desired effect. It feels like this could be a first step in a whole new category of therapeutics. First Person is actually building a culture library of psychedelic mushrooms to advance research and development. Yeah, it's really interesting. I, I just hope this really encourages uh, other scientists to begin investigating the use of psilocybin and other psychedelic compounds. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I, I think, you know, as we've seen in lots of other treatment areas, there's definitely power in numbers. I really loved our discussion with Valerie. Uh, you know, it, it began with a, a personal cause, which is something we, we see so often. Uh, sisters who had lost one of their own to a, a fatal disease and, and really wanted to make a difference. The legacy for Project ALS is that we all are in this together. Um, the love of sisters is a big thing. It, it kicked off a movement that I think um, is growing in momentum and there's lots of progress to be hopeful about. Um, but again, you know, I think the legacy for Project ALS is not just a blind hope, it's hope based on aggressive, rational research. It's the only way we're going to get there. And uh, we're committed to that to the end. And when we spoke earlier this year, one of the um, organization's main research 
um, focuses was on treating the mutation of the FUS gene. And this gene causes an ultra-rare form of ALS that's actually called FUS-ALS. And I know this mutation strikes a small number of patients, but it's a really virulent form. And sadly, it tends to target teenage girls. People really banded together around a very personal issue regarding FUS uh, and started working together and actually generated the, the world's first um, ASO or gene therapy for FUS ALS, which was a bit of a miracle. Um, and so I, I love to talk about that story because it shows that when different people come together and work around one goal, that goal can be achieved faster. Now, this is something we learn in kindergarten, but um, we don't always execute very well in adulthood. But I think in the case of FUS ALS and our drive to create this first, uh, this world's first uh, medicine for FUS ALS called JC Fusen is an exception. And it's, it's a, a, just a shining example of what can happen when people work together. Since we last chatted, uh, Project ALS has really maintained this momentum. They've been able to foster this collaboration to bring a new mathematical model for the treatment of ALS. This new method automatically uh, categorizes the cells from skin samples from ALS patients based on their physical properties. So by using a machine learning algorithm, scientists are able to distinguish between healthy and fuss ALS cells and create a, a disease spectrum along which to, to categorize protein expression patterns of uh, other ALS cells. It's just, uh, it's really impressive. That sounds like a huge time saver for researchers, um, similar to the new cellular model and rapid screening tool from Project ALS. And in this model, um, it's actually based in yeast because yeast grows really rapidly and is, can be cultured in large numbers. It's an ideal method for screening compounds that could be effective therapies for ALS at various concentrations. Um, this new model could help promising compounds be transferred into new models um, developed by Project ALS. Don't you love that? It's just really exciting to see um, the development and commitment um, that they've had to this. As you know, there are hundreds of ALS mutations out there, and, and this team is really investing in, in creating these tools that are needed to, to accelerate the treatment development for those mutations. So it just reminds me of this, this old adage of, of really working smarter and not harder. Yeah, so much progress being made in critical disease areas and in a lot of cases, it started with one person and their commitment to make a difference against all odds when others didn't even think it was possible. Yeah. So, so Gina, I, I really can't think of a better note to end on as, as we head into the new year. Uh, we will continue to share these stories of scientific discovery and, and really aim to inspire uh, during our, our new season of Vital Science, which kicks off in January. I'm looking so forward to it. It's been um, a great year. Um, lots of uh, interesting and exciting stories, lots of amazing people. And, um, you know, until then, I wish you the happiest of holidays, Todd. And to all our listeners, thanks so much for listening. Happy holidays, everyone. <laughs>